Aurélien Guichard, Caios von Noring, and Cédric Meffre are the co-founders of Matière Première, a French fine perfume brand shaping natural ingredients into exceptional scents. Stay tuned as we discuss their incredible journey to date. Hi everyone and welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable and Main, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable and Main has been an incredible journey so far, and I've decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, and so I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully help and inspire each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, it's a delight to introduce you our guest for today, Aurélien Caios and Cédric. They are the perfumer creators of Matière Première that was created in 2019 and is a niche perfume brand highlighting the olfactory nuances of natural ingredients. Its name, which translates into raw material, synthesizes its sustainable practices across the entire development chain, from sourcing organic ingredients to buying from equitable sources. Distributed worldwide, Matia Premier is about to enter the key markets of US, Canada, and Mexico this year and has just released its 10th perfume centered around a delectable tuberose note. With the marriage of Aurelian's family legacy as longtime perfumers and Kairos' and Cedric's vast experience in perfume development, the trio have truly perfected perfume as an art form. I'm so excited to sit down with them today and discuss their journey from the ground up. So guys, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Akash. Thanks. The first question, which I ask all my guests, and I'm going to divvy it up one at a time. So Aurélien, you're first. Who, in a nutshell, is Aurélien? I'm Aurélien. I'm the co-founder of Matière Première. Um, in the team, I'm the perfumer. I'm also the creative director. And I'm the lucky man who made by two friends a few years ago when we were doing fragrance developments together. And we decided to create Matière Première together. Love it. Caius, who is Caius? So my name is Caius von Knoring. I'm also obviously one of the three um, co-founders of Matière Première. Raised in France, born in Finland. Very good friend of Aurélien and Cédric. Um, do you need me to, <laughs> to talk more or maybe later? Maybe, yeah, we'll save it for later. That was perfect. Uh, there's a lot to get into, I know. Um, and then I guess Cédric, who is Cédric? Yeah. My name is Cédric. I was uh, um, born in the south of France and raised, uh, well, in Paris also for my students. And I started my career in fragrance in Singapore, where I had a chance to stay a couple of years there working for LVMH. And this is where my passion for fragrance has started. And uh, on my way back to France in early 20s, um, I had a chance to collaborate and also to compete with uh, Aurélien and Caius uh, in the same company. And this is where we get to know each other, get to appreciate working together. And uh, I was very happy and fortunate when they contacted me uh, a few years ago to ask me to join their team uh, and their duo to, to complete this trio and to, to start uh, Matière Première together. Amazing. I mean, 
I do want to get into, I guess, how it's like to work with your friends and, you know, have co-founders, but we'll get to that. But I do want to first go into the initial love for fragrance. Uh, coming from a family rooted in fragrance, I understand the passion, uh, the savoir-faire, the, how incredible it is and how it's also passed down through generations often. So maybe uh, whoever wants to take the floor uh, with their first encounters into fragrance. So, you know, I grew up in Grasse, in the south of France. Um, I'm the seventh generation perfumer in my family. I grew up, I think, in a fantastic environment for fragrance creation. My father uh, is a perfumer. He created Lulu, created Eden, uh, and many other fragrances. But above all, he really had an ethic on how to work and how to create. On top of that, my mother, she's a sculptress, and perfumery and art was going together in my childhood. On top of this, as I was growing up, my family was from the south of France, and my grandparents were growing raw materials for perfumery, rose centifolia, jasmine, jasmine grandiflorum, and verbena. So, you know, my love for perfumery, I would say, was very much to the relationship I was having in my family and the way I was brought up with a sense of love for raw materials and with a certain conception of creation. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Amazing. And did you often find yourself visiting, you know, because you were you, did you, you were born, I guess, in, were you born in Paris or did you live a lot of your life in South of France? I was born in Grasse in the South of France. Oh, you born in Grasse. Amazing. And I was actually... I grew up between Grasse and Paris, mm. and it's the reason why in 2014, I decided to open an organic farm to grow and to be the only perfumer to grow its own ingredients. So I planted about, I think, 14,000 uh, rose plants, wow. and it's only later on that we decided and that it gave us, Caius, Cédric, and I, the idea to create Matière Première to create a brand that was, I think, closer to the feeling of a raw material and to the reality of the beauty of a natural ingredient. I love that. That is a true, I guess you could say, the, the birth from the, the birth of that business and idea, which actually is synergetic to the birth of the, the plant and the, the flowers of the rose. So that's really amazing. Yes, and, and, and Akash, if I can add, the other yeah. interesting thing is I think I've always tried to preserve this balance between creating in the south of France and creating in Paris. Yeah. So in my daily life, I create for many fashion designers and brands such as Burberry 
Versace, Narciso Rodriguez, Isemiyake, and many others. And in this context, I create at the service of those fashion house. But for Matière Première, I create at the service of the raw material. Mm. So I split my time between Paris, where I have a creative lab, and the south of France, near Grasse, uh, where I have a, an atelier uh, next to the field of roses. That's amazing. And that honestly is um, having seen the beauty industry and fashion, mainly the fashion, but also the fragrance side a lot. I haven't really seen this before. So I think that's what gives Mathieu Premier the edge, but the connection and the closeness, the proximity I feel to what you guys are doing, it really is rooted in that. So that's amazing. I do, do want to ask as well, Kaios and, and Cedric, um, either one, uh, what was your first experiences with fragrance? I kind of came to fragrances uh, a bit later. Actually, I, I, I did my an internship in Kenzo Parfum, Kenzo Fragrances. And um, to be honest, I was more drawn to Kenzo via the, I would say, the fashion brand and the image that Kenzo had as a fashion house because my, my mom was a fashion stylist. So I was very much, you know, uh, attracted by the, the, the luxury and fashion industry in general. And, and I, I, I discovered the, the perfume side during this internship and, and it kind of grew up on me a bit later on. I, w- I was in my early 20s. And then when I did product development, I had the chance to, to work with, um, with probably the best perfumers in, in the world uh, throughout different stages in my career, uh, whether it was at Kenzo or then Nina Ricci or Valentino. Um, I had the chance to yes, to get to know like these amazing um, crea- creatives uh, such as Aurélien, and and actually I I I, I learned I would say the, the little knowledge I have of perfumery, I, I really learned it thanks to thanks to the perfumers themselves, who were kind enough to explain me their work, uh, explain me the ingredients they were using. I did a few <laughs> trainings. Uh, one with Aurélien's dad, actually, uh, Jean Guichard, who was the, the, the director of uh, Givaudan School of Perfumery. And, and, and so I, I really came to the fragrance world through, through my work and through my encounters with the, with the perfumers. And, and they really opened my eyes on the, on, on the beauty of that industry, but also on the beauty of creating fragrances. And, and it came a passion, but through my work. And uh, Cédric? I think we are sharing with Carius the same stuff. Uh, as Kenzo was also my first experience, I was based in Singapore doing, uh, at the time, international marketing coordination, which was very interesting because I had a chance to travel around Southeast Asia and learn, of course, about this fragrance industry. Then I went back to, to France. I discovered that when you are developing fragrance, selling fragrance, of course, it's very important to have the best uh, fragrance in the bottle, but there is also all around many other activities that are uh, important, such as the bottling, the marketing, the communication, and so on. And so I pursue my experience at LVMH, and in 25, I was uh, in charge of launching Dior Homme uh, for, for Dior. It was quite a good success. And after that, I went to IFF, and this is where I typically learned uh, much more about the fragrance development and also have a chance to meet most of the best perfumer in the, in Paris and, and New York. And I really developed this, uh, this, uh, passion, I would say for, for fragrance development. And this is where 
I pursued. And then I met Aurelien at Givaudan. This is where also we had a chance to, to develop a couple of great successes together. That's amazing. So you must know uh, my dear friend, Francois de Machy. Of course. Yes. He actually, a fun fact, he, uh, while I was at Dior, I told my CEO and they all knew I was building Fable and Main. And he actually created the scent of my products, my hair oil, uh, inspired by his trip to India and Madurai. So yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing to see how connected the industry can be sometimes and even fragrance to hair and it's it's all one so yeah he's an amazing person but you know akash it's wonderful because when i hear you talking about that and when i also hear chaos and fidek talking about the relationships they've had with perfumers uh, and their dedication and love and faith for creation i think for us as perfumers it's key because when when you go into an entrepreneurial adventure you want to be strong on that you know to work with people who believe uh, and who, who who believe in your ideas and that you share a common conceptions of uh, aesthetic and the, the it's like you are conduits of um you know the experiences you have and sharing that with the world and he you know just you know he didn't have any commercial interest he asked for no money he just wanted to have an opportunity to spread awareness of the sense he had experienced in india which Perhaps he didn't get to at Dior because of, you know, there wasn't a, a room for a fragrance of such notes. So he was very excited to be able to do that through my product. And that was amazing because that's all he wanted was just his mind, his memories of fragrance there to be in the world in another form. So that was very inspiring to see this uh, and how collaborative it is, even in the industry of of noses and perfumers and et cetera. So, um, but I, I do want to, you know, talk a little bit about, before we get into the birth of Mathia Premier, your opinions in the industry of, uh, I know you've all worked in various different companies and fragrance houses, and maybe one of you can articulate to our audience, what, it, what are fragrance houses? You have the likes of IFF, Coberté, Ferminiche, and people often don't understand there's a difference between you know perfume houses and then very small niche fragrance houses and could someone explain to us? Well, you know, it's it's pretty it's pretty simple. It's you know, when we work, um, you have what we call fragrance house. Our fragrance, our companies that employ perfumers, they are in those fragrance house, such as Givaudan, Firminich, IFF, Roberté, Takazako, the one I work for, um, teams of perfumers, so various perfumers. Um, the role of those companies is to create. A fragrance designed hand in hand uh, with a fashion house or with a couturier or with a brand. In this context, there's, as you say, a very collaborative process between yes. what we call a client or a fashion house and the, the perfumers. And usually it takes between six months to one year, sometimes two or three years to develop and create a fragrance. Yes. Once the fragrance is created, um, a fragrance house will also produce the fragrance and deliver the fragrance to the fashion house or to the fragrance or, or to or to the people who have the brand to fill up the bottles. And so, what a, f- a fragrance house does is only the perfume, the smell. Then, usually, fragrance uh, fashion house develop bottle uh, names concept. 
that was the work of Caris and Cédric before when we started to work together. Amazing. Now, thank you for explaining that. Yeah, so just to add to that, so just okay. to keep, give you a little bit of perspective, how it works is that, you know, when you work, I, I was uh, heading Nina Ricci and Valentino inside a group called Pooch. So you have usually you have these big corporations that actually own these fashion brands. And you are in charge of a, of a project, of a new project, which, which can be a new fragrance. So usually you, you, you work around a, an idea, a creative idea. And actually what you're looking for when you go and, and look perfumers and these fragrance houses uh, is to find somebody who can really like transform uh, this creative idea into a, a smell. And it's, and it's a complex process because you, you, you cannot really um, relate a concept to a smell and, and you have to go through like uh, these perfumers' creative, sometimes talent, sometimes genius uh, to do that. And, and, and it's a long process because the development lasts for two years and it's a lot of, you know, back and forth yeah. uh, working on it. And actually in the beginning, you, you, are, you are working with many perfumers and at the end, there is one who is chosen uh, as, as, as the creator of the fragrance. So within, within the fragrance houses, there is a kind of um, maybe a competition between themselves of who can, who's going to win the, the project. And yeah. where, when you are the, the brand, uh, you are also working collaboratively with all these people. And at the end, you have to have like a conviction uh, on, on, on a fragrance. So I think it's very, very important when you are in that position to find people with whom you have a certain common vision and a certain trust and a certain willingness to work with them for two years because it's a long process. So you have to go along well, you spend a lot of time together, back and forth, you have lunch together, you talk about it, you, you call each other during the evening, the night, the weekends. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a quite passionate and strong relationship that you create. And sometimes um, this relationship can become a friendship or, or you have this kind of common um, vision, aesthetic vision that Aurelia was mentioning about. And, and this is actually what happened. I mean, I was, in the beginning, I was Aurelien's client, and then we became, uh, you know, friends, and now we are business partners. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, Cedric, do you have anything do you, you want to Yeah, add? just to add, it's, it's true that uh, beautiful fragrances are usually the result of a beautiful collaboration between yeah. a client and a perfumer. And as Kayu said, you need to find this alchemy, you need to develop this intimacy, between those persons, sometimes it's three person, four person, but it's very important to develop this intimacy if you want the greatest result as possible. And I think uh, it, this is, I think, good for every year that we talk about fragrance, but even in the 50s, 60s, 70s, the great fragrances that we have uh, in mind, such as Trezor, such as all those beautiful fragrances, they are usually start with a great encounter between a creator a brand or a client, he has a strong idea he wants to do, and the perfumer's talent is to be able to transform and to illustrate this idea into a scent. Yeah, no. So it's a great collaborative work. That's so beautifully said. And it is, again, I love the work where you say collaborative because it is that. It's a connective. The stronger you are connected and the more collaborative you become, the better the fragrance will be and the emotion will be depicted and portrayed to everyone. Um, and you know, fun fact, I love the fact that uh, it's kind of like when I do this podcast, I see like this jigsaw puzzle and everything. I love the aligning of these stars. Like my first um, 
ever job was in Burberry. So I, I remember hearing, seeing the scents were incredible. So Aurelian, to know that, you know, you were involved in this. And then my sister's first job was in Nina Rizzi in Barcelona in Puj. So to know, Kayus, like, it's crazy to see how uh, the, it's all kind of um, our first even encounters as, as, as young siblings, you know, did in fact inspire our journeys in creating, you know, a brand, but obviously a brand stemmed in scent. So it's cool how you, you might have made a, a scent for a brand, but it does affect people in so many ways, whether it's business, whether it's personal life, whether it's emotion, it's pretty crazy. So uh, I love you, that. You, you yeah. know, there's something I want to add just, hmm. you know, because of what you said, I think that it's very specific creating fragrances because it's a business, yeah. of course, but you cannot quite predict what will work and not work well. And I think, you know, the objective usually when we create fragrances is obviously to create something that we are proud of, but it's also to touch people and to be understood by non-experts. Yes. And I think the result of a great fragrance is really what uh, the three of you said. It's a great collaboration because at the end, people may think that it's only the perfumer who's creative. I actually believe that it's more like a... Uh, the creativity is somehow shared with people. So when you have a great fragrance that is being launched, of course, there's usually a good performers behind it, but there's also great people on the brand side or on the, on the fashion side who have great ideas. And it's, I think, the mix of those different expertise together with, and the mix of those different people that create things that are unique and, and successful. So true. And even like, I guess you could even liken it to fashion where even the, the end recipient, the user of the fragrance uh, is also a conduit of that success because they are the ones wearing it in the world. And the success is also led by, you know, we often say scents are perceived differently and also on people's skin, it can be even smells differently. So they are also part of the whole process. It's a 360, as you said. So I love that. Um, before, I, I, I do want to also just, because um, I love to set the, the scene, because a lot of people, especially us in the fragrance industry and world, we can take it for granted what we know and what people know. So we often touched upon Kras and South of France, but um, we've, we've covered fragrance houses and the, the reality of business and how scents are made. But the sources of these fragrances, of course, these ingredients can stem from all over the world, but we really see fragrance being one of the south of France and Kras being one of the biggest birthplaces. So would someone be able to explain why this is and what is this savoir-faire and heritage that is found in Kras? Well, the story behind Kras and the reason why we say that Kras is, I would say, the capital of perfume in I would say in the modern days, because I think before there were other places. Um, it's not. Uh, it's mainly due to the fact that um, in the 16th or 17th century, gloves were being made uh, in Italy, and but the thing is, they were made out of animal skin and they were very smelly because of the leather. And on the on the way of the importation, they were transiting through, uh, you know, from Italy to Versailles. They were transiting through the south of France. And in Grasse, uh, they started to fragrance the gloves so that when they got delivered in, in, in Versailles, they would smell nice. So the culture of perfume started like that, not by creating fragrance for people, but for, for leather and gloves. And what happened is in Grasse, there's a very special climax. 
um, you can actually grow all kinds of flowers because it's close to the sea and all of a sudden you go high in altitude. So you, um, there's plenty of different ingredients used for perfumery that started to grow and being cultured in the south of France near Grasse. Uh, you will find the violet in, um, in Tourette. You will find the mimosa in Tanron, the jasmine and the rose santifolia in Grasse, uh, the lavender further up in the mountains. So they all had different kind of uh, specific and unique ingredients. Uh, now, all the ingredients that we use for perfumery are not made in grass. You know, mostly the, the other ingredients, uh, people from grass had to travel around the world to, to source them and to use them in their perfume. And so really the reason why grass became what it is is because uh, with time there has been a great uh, knowledge of people uh, local know-how, uh, access to great raw materials, whether it's local raw materials or the fact that people had connection to go and source the raw materials around the world. And I think uh, finally also uh, some a great expertise that has remained for many years. But quite often we say that perfumers are where fashion designers are and fashion designers are where um, culture is. And somehow the perfumers have always been following uh, people who were um, trend makers. Uh, and usually it follows the, the, the road of the sun. So it started in, 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 you know, in the antique days in Egypt, then in Greece, then during the Renaissance in Italy, then later on during the Industrial Revolution in London, then later on in, 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 in America, and now it's going around and around. So we, you know, perfumers, even if there's a local knowledge in Graz for raw materials, are always, I think, people who move and live also elsewhere and who travel. That was beautifully said. And I think that leads me very nicely now into the birth of Mathieu Premier, because now I feel everyone has got a really rich understanding of the industry and, and why there is so much passion and love for it. So, um, Tell us how, I know, I know you guys um, met in previous lives and then you decided to come together as friends, but it's not as easy as that. It's not as easy as like a, a call and say, hey, let's build a, a brand together. So who, who can tell us about the journey of how Mathia Premier started? Maybe I will start and I will let Cédric yeah. and Caius do more of the, of, of the following because <laughs> I feel I'm taking a lot of, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. of, of the answers, good. but... We, we were doing fragrance development, but in 2015, or I, I, you know, my, I took the decision, a bit like some chefs uh, have done, I took the decision to plant and to grow my own uh, ingredients. And I wanted to become the first perfumer to use its own ingredients for its fragrance creation. So I became an official farmer, and, uh, and I planted about 10 to 15, I think, 15,000 plants of rose organic. And Cédric and Caius were also just like I am, originally from the south of France. Yeah. And we would meet up in 2015, 2016, 2017 to do the harvest. Uh, I mean, it wasn't the harvest because we didn't have the flowers at the time, but to help me and to spend time in the south of France to, you know, as friends. And we, you know, we were, the three of us were passionate about a certain conception of perfumery where there's, it's somehow, uh, you know, linked to, to beauty, but also quality. Yeah. And we felt 
by by you know I think spending time together around this project that there was something missing somehow there was no brand that was actually in a very simple way turning an ingredient into a fragrance so i were simple so matière première became a reality uh, only three uh, three years after the creation of that organic farm and so it's i think it's a consequence of this love that we've had for the for raw materials and we felt there was something relevant to come up with a brand that was really pushing, I think, the limit very high in terms of quality on one raw material to make it very understandable and visible. Because people tend to think that fragrances are made with beautiful raw materials, but they cannot always feel it, feel that, that, that quality. So we felt that by preserving the beauty using one main ingredient central to our creation, we could give this kind of unique modern perfumery. Amazing. Kayo, uh, Cedric, please add. So, yeah, no, when we, when we started uh, this, this project, actually Aurélien was the first one to talk about, about it, you know, and, uh, and he told me about the, the fact that he wanted to, you know, to, to create a fragrance brand and, and we started thinking about it and he had his flowers. So it's true that everything kind of came up together. But what was clear for also for us from the start is that there were already a lot of fragrance houses and brands and, and perfumes. Maybe sometimes you feel overwhelmed by, by, by the quantity of fragrance brands and, and launches every year. And, and we were kind of part of that, that crazy, that craze, uh, in, in our works. So we definitely thought that if we were going to do something, we wanted to do something very distinctive. Uh, and to bring something new and, and, and interesting and something that, that we really would like to wear <laughs> and to use and that would really talk to us. And so, so we were quite clear on the fact that we wanted to have a certain style uh, and to respect a certain style that would uh, convey this message of quality and raw materials and the roses. And also, I would say, a certain aesthetic uh, in a way where we wanted to be quite contemporary, um, sometimes almost minimalistic in a way, in the way that we, we, you know, we show the ingredients uh, visually or, or in our bottle or in the fragrances themselves. But it's also something that we find appealing and, and that is something that we find contemporary. And usually the challenge that we see is, is how do you kind of mix the fact that you are doing powerful fragrances with a lot of raw material, ingredients, texture, as Aurélien is mentioning. And at the same time, don't do something vintage and do something contemporary. And so it's always this balance that we're looking both, I would say, in the fragrances. Well, it, the first place is in the fragrances themselves and also in, the, in, in everything else that we are doing. Find, finding this, this right balance between the, the know-how, the terroir, and the, the French perfume tradition, which we are you know, very fond of, and also something which is... Uh, more universal, uh, contemporary, and then that, that can speak to anybody, uh, you know, from one side of the world to the other. I think I think this is something that that we're keen. And and, and Cedric, I would love to ask you about now how the products uh, developed. Because was it initially like uh, let's create? Uh, did you know you wanted to create? Today you have ten beautiful scents. Is it ten? I'm correct in saying we started with a collection of six 
But just to yeah. add on what just Cayud and Aurelia said, I think when you launch your brand, uh, being friend is good, but it's not enough. Knowing the yeah, industry true. is good, but it's not enough. I think yeah. what is very important is to share the same vision. And I think we've been always sharing the same vision with Aurelian and Caius when we were uh, discussing about fragrance. Is uh, something that we really want to to put forward is the quality. I think yes. over the decade we've seen more and more fragrance that was, I would say, more and more complex um, and maybe uh, not as qualitative. And what we wanted to do with Matière Première is to bring the quality on top of everything we're doing. Of course, it includes the, the formulation of Aurelia using the best ingredients, but also using the best glasses, simplicity, modernity, and always the quality of when we develop and when we produce the, the fragrance. So this is something that we were really sharing the same vision. So it was much more easy to take this road and to go uh, creating this very qualitative and high-end brand. Very true. I underline one point of Cédric because, you know, I know uh, people hear a lot about qualitative fragrances in general. Yeah. Um, I really understand. I really understand that it's difficult to, 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 to think for people. But, you know, today, Matière Première is the only company in the world who own and produce its own roses and tubereuses. Exactly. So it, it's really something we, that is at the heart of Matière Première. And also you founded it before the creation of the brand which i think is a very yes. important factor that it, it was sort of um you know it's not a sec a lot of people build something and they create this this thing after because it makes sense or, or they can market it or the fact that you in 2016 created this forum i think is very telling yes and i think on top of that is the, the sense of quality mm. there's one factor that is very factual is the amount of values that we put in a bottle i think matière première is unique in the world really yeah no and uh, to the quality of the ingredient and the concentration but the it's not only that it's also the way i work the formula i want when people you know i i remember in the 80s uh maybe you were not born yet but you know fragrances uh, fragrances were uh had a lot of sillage they were very powerful and many of them were of a certain style of this period of uh, of this period of time. Um, then fragrances became more flu fluid, some beautiful ones, but many of them were not as strong anymore. I think what we're trying to achieve with Matière Première is this mix of diffusion to get comments without smelling old-fashioned French. And, 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 and I, I, I like that because I spent, and Caius is the same, Cédric, also, we spent a lot of our life abroad, out, you know, living away from France. And, and, and people quite often have this perception of, of uh, French brand being very qualitative, but we wanted not just that, but we wanted to be modern and accessible, easygoing, you know, not like, you know, and that I think to us is a sense of cool. It's also a sense of today's luxury access to raw material in a in a relaxed way no 100 percent. so i want to touch on three three topics now because the first is the sense and kind of if someone can uh you can divvy up how you would like so i'll say the first question will be 
talk us through the scent portfolio today and some of the notes and some of the yeah uh, the, I guess you could say that the different who who it who your targets are. The second question I would love to answer is who decided and how did the packaging and the the bottle because it's absolutely again effortless chic beautiful very for the modern person. And the third the names and I love saying this because it probably was something we forget about when it comes to product names of like uh what to call you know everything's been done in a way and not been done but i worked in many fragrance houses and stuff and you see this like uh uh like yeah falcon leather you have like queer de beluga you have all these different ways you translate it do you keep what name and how do you make it catchy because that's also a big factor where people also forget the the, the parent name but the the actual scent name becomes also just as powerful, just as important. You see J'adore, you don't say Dior, you know. So I'll let you, each one of you can take one of those remits. So I'll let you, whoever wants to go first and grab their question, go for it. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. <laughs> well, I'll start with the scent. Yeah, uh, okay. Aurelia with scent. Take it away. <laughs> uh, scent, I think we spoke about it. Quality, diffusion. Um, we, I was surrounded by people, and I think the guys as well, uh, that were working in fashion. They were working in art. And many of them were telling us that they were not wearing fragrances anymore. And they actually thought it was cool not to wear a fragrance. And we felt there was something wrong about that because... Um, you know, somehow, if you have tests, why would you not wear a perfume? So the fact that people could really feel and understand a perfume, especially those people, the fact that they could understand what they would be smelling on a blotter would make them okay to put it on skin. Now, the second stage is once they did put it on skin, they were happy because they could understand what they were wearing. They would understand that Neroli Orange smells orange flower. They understand that Parisian musk smells red seed or a musk. Um, but the fact that the fragrance is not overwhelming makes it look like if it's easy to wear and that it's not overpowering. So people are confident with that. But then when they walk in the street and they spend the day with it, they get comments and they get stopped. And those people were not wearing fragrances anymore, actually were calling me back the day after saying, 
well, do you mind if I wear this fragrance again? Do, 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 do you have a sample? So to us, it was something interesting in the design of, set, of scent. Now, when we come up with decisions, and I will let Kairis and Tedek talk about, about the rest, but Matière Première, it's a, it's a collective. So it's something we do together. You know, of course, we have certain uh, role in the organization, but we, it's really something, everything we come up, whether it's NEM, bottles, scent, is something we spend time together trying to see how we can get closer and push as much as we can what we want to express. Uh, just on that one, because you said something quite, I think, relevant as well to a lot of people going in business with different you know, co-founders and partners. Uh, do you feel it's very important to really set clear roles of responsibility or do you feel there is some beauty in the blurred where you know, we can all come together, all have similar remits, but certain functions we might want to have a bit more ownership on, but we don't have to put it into paper or titles. It's a mix of things for us. I think uh, each of us have a, a real expertise on certain fields, yeah. but at the same time, we, we, we have certainly an influence on each other on how do we, how do we create, especially when it comes to the creation thing. You know, for sure, when it comes to business, I will, I let Kairis and Tedek deal with all the business decisions. Uh, but when it comes to, uh, to creation, I like to create with their, uh, with them on my side. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's, that's a great, you, you're stronger together, but you definitely need to have someone a little bit knowing their, their, I guess their priorities and also where they're best at to excel. Um, so two more questions is left, which was the, the bottle and the name. So who wants to take it that, who wants to take what? No, the bottle to, to be honest, we didn't really, um, do a lot of design. Uh, it was more uh, an approach. We really wanted to have something, yes. you know, in, in a way minimalistic and functionalist and, and, and to really be true to the perfumer's work. And Aurélien came up with this idea. He, he, he had these uh, lab samples on his uh, desk um, that he's working every day with, you know, either uh, they, they hold a... Uh, uh, raw materials or, or already some formulas and he sent us a photo of this lab sample he had on the table with the with, you know uh, and he thought this, this is actually a beautiful object and we're like yeah you're right it, it looks amazing and it's some, something that was so obvious to us you know I have some here in front of me you know this is like a, a lab sample when it's yeah. used by a perfumer yeah. and, and, and this is our 6ml bottle, so they're basically the same. And, and, and we thought, okay, there is something beautiful in the simplicity of it. And on top of that, it's an object that, you know, is, is very obviously very familiar to a perfumer. And sometimes you have this obvious thing in front of you, but you don't see the, the beauty of it until you look at it with a different eye. And, and so I, yes. so Aurélien kind of had this, uh, had, had this idea shared with us. We immediately said, yeah, that's a brilliant idea. Let's go for it. And, and, and the, 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 our big size bottle, the 100 ml is actually kind of an oversized version of, of this, of this, uh, functionalist perfumer's tool. And the funny thing is that I had, you know, in my previous lives working in, 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 in brands, I had always done like miniatures of, of, of the full size bottles. And this, this time we did the other way around. We kind of 
started from this miniature, which is like a, a perfumer's tool, and, and, and made made a big bottle out of it. So you have like this. Uh, I I love that. That's so good. So uh, so I think that's that that that's the, all there is to say about about the bottle design. Super smart, and I will say like there is having received a lot of lab samples sometimes. I even when building products, I'm like, oh, I think I preferred it when I saw it in the in the lab sample because sometimes we can overdo it, we can overthink it, and uh, simplicity is good. But I love that I didn't even think about it. Like, yeah, it's an oversized version of. And then we play with it because we have these little boxes, so you can actually, you know, when yes. you are in a store, you can actually choose your little bottles and create your own uh, own little sets. But also, I love the fact that you can also then change the. You can change the lid to then put the, the the diffuser spray. So you basically can also exactly be very practical with it, which makes it yeah a perfect miniature. But also, and again, here we didn't really invent anything. You know, this is actually the way uh, perfumers use these little bottles. Like they first they 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 use it with blotters and then they use it with spray when they try it on skin. So we just stayed very true to the to the to the function of the object. And I love it. Maybe just a, just a few words about the naming to to wrap up this conversation about the mixed product. Um, well, naming a fragrance is actually a very delicate exercise and it's complicated. It's almost like even names to children because you hope they will grow and they will live long. So you want to give them a great name that will follow them forever. And to yes. be sincere, it is almost uh, our longest discussions with Calius and Aurelien. Once everything is finalized, even the fragrance, we always discuss about the names, finding a good names. And it's almost like a branding, I would say. Every fragrance comes under brand name, which is matière première, but it happens yeah. often that the name of the fragrance became higher than the brand's name. Uh, yeah. There is many examples that people know their, 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 their name, but they don't even know the brand. So uh, for us, it's very important to remain short, to remain close to the ingredients, of course, because we are talking about raw material, but also to have something poetic, easy to pronounce, um, that can be recognized easily. So it's not an easy part, but it's part of, so, of, the, of, the, of the creation process. And so far, uh, we are quite happy with our names because it seems that they are well remembered by our customers. And uh, for future, we are trying to bring up new names, sparkling uh, names, and to surprise people. It's, it's very important. And no, it's absolutely, you hit the nail on the head as well. It, it's, it's, it's so important. It shouldn't be rushed. But you shouldn't spend too much time because you'll never make a decision. So it's a balancing game of like uh, just deciding. But also, yeah, you have to look at the market, unfortunately, because, you know, you don't want to create something similar. Uh, also, you don't know what's trademarked and not sometimes. But uh, there's a lot of different layers of the onion that people forget. But I love what you guys have done already with the names. And, I'm and I get excited when I see new you know, new fragrances launched because I want to see what they're called as well, you know. And that is one of the most important I guess entry points into the into either being inquisitive to set, smell it or to buy it because online especially or you know via or whatever we don't have the luxury of necessarily being able to smell it like you do in stores so you have to go sometimes with the emotion of the name so already knowing if I see the word leather in it I know the notes already would be X Y Z or if I see something orange you know it's going to be citrus so it is important to make sure they reflect the DNA and the the 
the notes of the, the fragrance. So that's also important. But um, You're so right, Akash. Yeah. You, you, yeah, you know the point that you just raised, I think, whether it's in the way we describe our fragrances or whether it's in the way we call them, um, people tend, we really want to be true to what the smell is. Yes. And the fact that people can really relate and understand through the name what the fragrance would smell like is something people have been uh, uh, liking very much about Matière Première. This sense of truth that we are trying to, to give and show uh, is really at the heart of our work. Yeah. And that's when you, you, know, you said it before at the beginning, the difference between the big maisons, which have the budget, of course, and the, the out of home to, to have an, an, like a, a hero Burberry or idol, like, you know, these kind of big names don't necessarily evoke much. So you hope to have distribution super strong to be able to smell it, right? But uh, when you are creating a brand with ingredients at the heart, you have to make sure that's reflected in the name. So that's why these, you know, it's very, very crucial to get it right. So I love that. But um, I would love, before we go into sort of like the fire round questions and uh, uh, kind of wrap up the conversation there, I would love if one of you, maybe Aurelien, you can explain to us the, what is the vision for Matea Premiere? Do you want to see it global in all doors? Do you want to see it niche and hit just a few people? Uh, I don't know if Cedric and Caius uh, will, be, uh, will be following what I say, but I, I don't think we have a true marketing uh, point. We truly believe that, olfactively speaking, at least, we don't believe we can predict what people will like. We don't believe in regional tests. So when we design a fragrance, we feel there's a universal liking for a fragrance that is made with one central ingredient. We actually love the fact that people that come to Matière Première um, are expecting something different. We love the fact that what you've said before, there's an expectation before we launch the fragrance. So people who know our style and, and Matière Première, they usually say, okay, what's next? And we're just doing our best not to disappoint anyone when we come up with something. And we truly believe that um, access to raw material is, is today's sense of luxury. If you can manage to create fragrances made with ingredients that are respectful with nature. And I would say to, con to conclude in this kind of philosophy, we feel that this kind of uh, simplicity in our vision is also related to the fact that what is not simple is to create a fragrance that has a fake simplicity, but that talks to people universally. And we always try to be true to that, I think, in what we do. Very, very, uh, I'm excited to see where it's going. And I know uh, already with my recent encounters, I told you before the podcast and my friends, and uh, he just happened to have a Mathieu Premier perfume in his bag. And he was like, it's his go-to fragrance. And I was like, wait, no way. I'm meeting the founders on a podcast very soon. It's definitely making a lot of movement in the right places. So very excited. But maybe Akash, uh, maybe Teus and Cedric can tell you yeah. a little bit about uh, where, where Matière Première is on, a, on I would say on a more exactly and where it's on, also where it's distributed as well just a bit more where people can find it that'd be good to know we are still like kind of a we are we started in October 2019 the first uh, I would say uh, department store that that was uh, kind enough uh, to trust us was Harrods 
Um, so we started there and it was a nice place to start because actually it gives you a lot of confidence and it gives others confidence also in you. Uh, so, so we started there, but it was not a very long time ago. It was two, two, two and a half, two, two years and a half, um, end of 2019. Um, after that, there was the COVID that kind of was complicated to handle for a young company such as ours. But um, things have gone actually very fast, uh, surprisingly fast for us, because we did have a kind of a vision of, of, of what we wanted to say with Matière Première, with what we've already said and what Aurélien told you. But we didn't necessarily have a very precise like business route. We, we, just, we, we knew we wanted to do something contemporary, something qualitative, and something that would be, I would say, kind of universal and, and, and not just very French, but more, you know, global in a way. But, but business-wise, it's gone quite fast because today, like two and a half years later, we are in something like 50 countries already. So in a, in a, in a limited distribution, obviously, we are in department stores and, and, and high-end perfumeries. But still, uh, so now you can really find uh, Matière Première uh, almost everywhere on the planet which is which is kind of crazy when you think that we are such a still such a such a young and, and, and small company but uh it's actually the magic of of per, perfumes i think is that it talks to everybody and and and, and so there's a, there's been a lot of excitement and really what has i think uh helped us a lot is is what people have been saying on all all the perfume lovers have been have been talking about uh matière première uh, on social networks and on Instagram. And this is something that probably uh, what we're doing with Matière Première today probably would not have been possible some years ago when you didn't have such, you know, these strong communities who communicate and to talk, to talk to each other. So it's really like the word to mouth between fragrance lovers, but also uh, maybe fragrance professionals who also, you know, uh, talk to each other that ha- has helped us develop so, so, so fast. So, uh, so yeah, now we are in Europe, we are in Middle East, we are in, uh, in Asia, in China, in, we're, and we're going to launch this year also in North America. So it's quite exciting, quite overwhelming sometimes to see how fast it goes, but it's, uh, but it's fun. I mean, we, we love it every day. Yeah, it's like seeing your baby grow. A word about, uh, I would say, the ambition of the brand today. When we, when we launched the, the, the brand, like two years and a half, we were very motivated to create and to exist and to be there uh, but i think today we are uh, we have the same motivation but what we have is a lot of ambition because we've seen the brand growing so quickly so fast we've been receiving on the social network uh, our community on instagram for example but on elsewhere we've been seeing so many uh, fantastic returns on, on our fragrance on our quality on the long lastingness on the performances that today we are super ambitious with Marcia Premier. And to answer your, your very fresh question about where we want to go, I think we really want to, to be a big player in the fragrance industry in the coming years, uh, along uh, to brands such as Virado, Lelago, Kilian, those brands that are already performing for the past 10 years. We are catching up very fast, and I think we have uh, everything in hands, uh, our creators, our team, and the rest of the team here in Paris and in Europe, our sales force, uh, I think we have the capabilities to, to become uh, a big player and a major fragrance brand. I believe it. And I love uh, seeing all your different kind of visions as well, but it's all under this umbrella of a collective one, which I think adds so much 
enrichment to the to the brand and where it will head so very excited to see how it grows and I'm going to ask you now a, a very tough question and it's a desert island question and it's like now you know you all likened it to your baby but I'm going to make you choose you're coming to founded beauty island but I'm only allowing one fragrance each what is your one what's your favorite matière première parfum so I want to start with Aurelia a difficult question to answer but uh, I would say that I would take the one that I'm currently working on because it's not finished yet and so I could actually spend a lot of time imagining what it could smell like if I would take a boat and go back to my oh, to my to my land in the south of France when will that be you don't have to say the name yet but when will that be available do you know roughly uh, it will be um, available in next October I suppose Okay, amazing. Well, we have to stay tuned. But I if, love that. Even, if, yeah. if, if I manage to finish it. Yeah. But of the current range, what's your current, of the current today, what's your favorite? Um, I would say uh, I will pick two, if you allow me. Um, you can sneak one. one I'll allow you. I'll allow you. One <laughs> is uh, Radical Rose, uh, made with my homegrown uh, organic rose santifolia. That won an award at the Fragrance Foundation. As yes. Well. Which it's the fragrance that has the highest dosage of Rose Santifolia ever in a bottle. And the second one is the one that is just being launched called French Flower, also made with our own, with my own organic uh, tubereuse, uh, made with my own organic tubereuse. So both of them, I think I, I would take those two because they are made with, I think, um, the result of our organic agriculture uh, and, and i'm very similar to, i've i've actually smelled all your fragrances you were very kind to send me you know the the, the, the sense to try and, and uh i would actually agree my two favorite are radical rose and french flower because i love floral i love rose mm -hmm. so those two have really uh uh yeah shown to me so we have very similar thank you noses there uh i would go for a parisian mask Simply because it's the fragrance I wear um, yeah. almost every day. <laughs> so I would like to continue wearing it. <laughs> and Cédric? Yeah, for me, I think yeah, I would take with me Colin Cédra um, because this fragrance makes me feel good. I like to smell it. It's a great happiness. The freshness remains all day long. So if I'm all alone on the island... Uh, with nobody around me, I just want to feel happy. So I think I would wear Colencera. It's a beautiful uh, Italian citrus uh, that also reminds me of my native region in South of France. So yeah, Colencera is my choice. Love it. All different ones. So everyone can, I guess, can. I, the best way for people listening will probably be also go for the, the, the discovery of all of the scents, the mini formats, and see which ones you like. But also, they can fit different moods and different environments. And that's the beauty of scents. You don't have to have just one. Um, so now we're going to go to fire round questions. This is first thing that comes to your mind. So I'm going to go in order of alphabetical spelling to have no sense of judgment. So Aurelia, Caios, and Cédric. So first up, Aurelien, what is another beauty brand that you're currently loving? It could be a fragrance brand. It could be a non-fragrance brand. I love Hermes. Very, I love that. Uh, Kaios? Um, I would go for Malin and Guts. You know that? It's like uh, creams. Yep. 
I, I use them every day. So yeah. I, I, I just go for the ones I use. <laughs> yeah. I have the hand cream on my desk. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and Cedric? Well, um, I like Byredo. The way they use yeah. their visual, their communication, the sharpness. Well, I love many brands, but if I have to pick up one, I would say that. Very good. I love it. Uh, a guilty pleasure of yours, Aurelia? Drinking a gin and tonic every day. Not every day. Uh, every day? <laughs> there you go. There we got it. <laughs> but yeah, I love it. I'm a gin. I'm a, again, I'm a gin and tonic. My drink of choice. So very good. Kaios? Uh, I would have to go for ice cream, I guess. Especially now it's springtime. It's the season. I cannot resist a, a yeah. good ice cream. And now with my daughter, I always have some ice cream in my, you know, in my fridge. Um, so it's difficult for me to resist. I try, but I cannot. <laughs> and, and Cedric? Um, I'm not going to go with champagne or any alcohol. No, what I really like to do is maybe different, but uh, what I'd like to do is to, to meet with my friend and go for some dirt biking session in the mountain. Hey. Cool. Yeah, riding a bike and forgetting about the work and families and go for uh, for some piloting a bit of extreme sports sometimes, yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Very good. What a good guilty pleasure. Um, okay, so Aurelien, what are you currently watching or reading? I am actually reading an art book that is just over there uh, about Claude Monet. It's really interesting because uh, Claude Monet is a painter who obviously, obviously everyone knows him for, you know, he painted the Nafeas. But what I found fascinating is before painting the Nafea, he bought a property where he actually built uh, this, kind of, this kind of lake where he built that garden that later on he started to paint. And I think that's actually beautiful to think that it's, what he did is not just about the painting, but it's also about building an environment. Uh, I think uh, it's it's very important to sometimes also get inspiration from different stories and in different times as well. So I'm sure it inspires you today to hear his story into what you're doing as well. So it's a very good, good shout. Kaios? Uh, uh, I'm reading a, a manga, a Japanese comic book right now. Um, by uh, Lovecraft. Um, yeah. I just know the French name. It's Montagne Hallucinée. So it's something about mountains, I guess, in English. But it's uh, like mountain hallucinations. And it's about an expedition uh, in Antarctica, uh, like in the 19th century. And yeah, like these, 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 these heroic guys uh, uh, going to Antarctica in these wooden boats. <laughs> Very cool. Um, and Cedric? Yeah, well, about reading, uh, my, my wife, she's, uh, she's an editor. She's a book editor. So I don't read anything anymore. I'm just reading her scratch uh, at night just to yeah. give my opinion on what she's writing. Um, and, uh, well, I, you talked about cinema. I've, I've been amazed by the film Don't Look Up that was recently released. And I really yeah. like that movie. Uh, talking about, you know, the, the second degree and the way that our planet needs to be protected. And this is a subject that I also like to to get documentation on that. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, good one. Next question is, what's your favorite social media platform right now? Uh, Instagram. Instagram. 
yeah, I think it's the only 19. one I use. Yeah. <laughs> uh, chaos, what's yours? Well, just not to say the same, I would say maybe LinkedIn. I, I, I didn't yep. really use it that much one. before, uh, you know, <laughs> starting to work on Matière Première. But I have to yeah. say that, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, it's, uh, it's great because it enables you to connect with people from all around the world quite fast. And it's very convenient for me. I just have to repost the Caius post on LinkedIn. So I'm just yeah. sharing it. Uh, and me, I'm very proud to announce that I'm on TikTok since last week. Nice. And posting some uh, videos, uh, extreme sports, ski, and the motorcycle. No, I just discovered this new video on uh, social network, which is said to be uh, one of the the future. Uh, And of course, I'm spending time, a lot of time on Instagram as well, see other brands. Very good. Yeah. And TikTok is not only addictive as a consumer, but for business, I tell you, it's so powerful. It's where most of our sales have been is via TikTok somehow. So definitely very important. Um, Aurelien, favorite quote or mantra that you go by? The best is still to come. Love that. I'm a positive person. So I often think. I love, love, love it. Kaios? Uh, I would go for uh, John Lennon's Imagine, the whole song. Oh, I love that. I'm a, this kind of ideal, ide- idealistic guy. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and Cedric? Uh, well, difficult to find. I haven't. I would say uh, Sky's the Limit. Yep. For myself, for now. Very. Uh, these are all really, I think, even collectively, they all make sense, but they're also unique as well. So I love that. And my last question is, if you weren't, in the beauty industry, beauty entrepreneur, in the fragrance world, what would you all be doing right now? So Aurelia first. Two options. Either I would be a bad painter, uh, you know, spending my life in the south of France under under a tree <laughs> <laughs> and having a very relaxed life. With a gin and tonic. Uh, <laughs> or, you know, or maybe uh, work with um, team sports. I, I play a lot of... Uh, field hockey and i i love i love the team thing i love the fact to be part of a group to 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 achieve people to achieve things with uh, other people i can see that's translated even today with your your businesses so it's great uh i don't know maybe i would um have a hotel or a bar or something like that I, I might still do it some at some exactly. point in my life. <laughs> yeah, exactly, you never know. Yeah, uh, I would say a hotel in uh, a hotel in Tokyo, something like that. Oh, that'd be amazing! Oh well, if you do, let me know and sign me up. I'll be your first resident. <laughs> uh, and Cedric, I feel like you would probably say biking or something, something extreme sports, right? No, well, no, too many things I like to do. I think I don't have enough years to to to, to run it, but. Uh, no, I was born in San Jose, actually, and if I get a chance to spend my years uh, of retirement over there, uh, around maybe creating a foundation, art foundation, to bring and invite some uh, some artists in this very small village that has a strong, attractive, um, I would say, strength, uh, that would be something I would like to do uh, for the when I will be old. Older. Definitely. Amazing. Well, you never know. Life will surprise us and it's all about reinvention and trying new things here and there. So I ask that question to remind ourselves sometimes of what we can still do. So very, uh, very great to hear. And I just want to say it's been an absolute pleasure and honor to speak to you guys and 
to hear your stories and you know your expertise and it's just for me been an absolute joy where, where can everyone find uh Mattia premier or even yourselves your own socials if you're willing to share uh, so they can stay tuned to your journey well i think the best place to follow us by far is our instagram page so it's Mattia premier parfum uh, definitely go and check it out i think it's uh, uh, the best place to you know to follow what we do and, and to see uh, every day uh, we, we try to be very you know very present on instagram and, and just you know share our work and everyday life so that would be my recommendation definitely amazing and i'll put uh, i'll put all the links in the summary uh, of everything and even the website so everyone can just go click straight away um uh, but till you know we'll 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 continue our conversations offline off podcast i'm sure now we're in each other's lives we'll we'll share uh, this journey of you know foundering a brand together and i can't wait to see you all grow and matia premier as well so thank you so much thank you very much it was a pleasure thank you very much hope you enjoyed this episode of founded beauty as much as i had making it and if you did please share it with a friend who you think will love it too founded beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as apple Podcasts, spotify amazon music podcast the acast app and many more and i'm also very proud to be part of the acast creator network so be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop we really appreciate every single follow listen share and review it truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. So as a little thank you, I will be hosting a giveaway each week on my Instagram channel at meta underscore a, where you can win some amazing Fable Main goodies. All you have to do is follow me, check out my stories and all will be revealed. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founded Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.